And I had my first ever panic attack. At the time, I didn't understand what was happening. After uh, seeing a psychiatrist afterwards, I learned that a panic attack is when you feel kind some kind of physical symptom on top of a whole bunch of anxiety and, and fear, you actually believe that you're about to die. Running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and my lovely wife, Melody. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good. <laughs> great uh, Great to be uh, out here on this uh, Sunday afternoon recording this episode. Yep. <laughs> in our studio right here in our house. Yep. Our in-house studio because we're filthy rich and can afford a studio in our house. <laughs> <laughs> also known as our office. Um <laughs> So I'm really excited with what we're going to be talking about today, Melody. We ran the Crimson Canyon 25K, and it was in Richfield, Utah. It was a beautiful course. Can't stress that enough. Very well run. We would highly recommend it. Um, But we're going to be hitting on mental health and running and the role that those two things play with each other. We're going to talk about eliminating stressors in running, maybe some things you're putting too much focus on that that are actually detrimental to you and stressing you out more than helping and adjusting training plans when you realize that you have these stressors in your life. Before we get into those topics, I just want to talk just briefly about the race that we ran um, with the Crimson Canyon Ultra. It was basically all trail. There was 3,100 feet of elevation gain. So not terrible, but definitely a good amount to make you huff and puff through some areas. Um, it was in stream beds. There was parts in stream beds, so you weren't even really on a trail. You were in canyons. Uh, they had ATV trails we were running on, mountain bike trails, some graveled roads. Um, just, you know, a beautiful course. Honestly, it was a scramble. I'd kind of say it was like a quarter Spartan race because there's some parts where you're grabbing on ropes to climb over big rocks and you're there's one part where there's this giant rock and some mountain bikers have they placed sticks and logs and trees in between the crack of this big wall and this big rock so you could get up over this rock. It was really, really awesome. Yeah, it, it, it was an adventure run. 
a, a pure adventure run. Yes. So this is the kind of run where you smash all of the road runners. Yes, so for indeed. me in the beginning, all of the road runners, they're, they're always faster than us. Right. So all these road runners were in front of me. Then as soon as we hit the wash and it got technical, I passed them all. I was like, see a sucker. And it was muddy. It rained the night uh-huh. before. It rained so, a little bit for like an hour. Yeah. So it wasn't like terrible, but it was enough to where you still slide in a little bit of slide with every step. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you're not used to running on trails and dirt and this, I mean, especially in that, because that was not even like a trail. So if you really aren't used to trails, like you're going to struggle in that kind of terrain. Yeah, yeah. So long story short, it was an awesome, awesome race. We're totally going to do it again. So we want to share our experiences at the race and kind of tell you what we learned from it. So we, we, uh, I was, I was particularly excited for this race because, we as ultra runners, me and Melody, and we're relatively new to the ultra world about we're, two years we're, in. We're now. aware that we're baby ultra runners. And that's why we've created this podcast. So we can learn more and feel, get better. And, and we feel like we can relate to you listeners that are also new babies that, that are that are looking to uh, to embark on this ultra running journey. Yeah. So sharing our experience and teaching you what we learn. And so... We had always have run together in almost every race we've done. And this year we've decided, okay, you know, our training is just, we've now done it. We did the hundred mile feet. So how about we, we start seeing, you know, what each of us can do, you know, personally on the, on our own. Separately. Yes. Separately. That's the word I was looking for. Apparently that's a better word. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, grew up in Oklahoma, guys. So you got to forgive my English. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we this race had about 90, 90 runners in it, and so we alarm went off, boom, ready, set, go. We take off, and I was like there in the beginning. I'm like, I am gonna push about as hard as I can because I want to see because I it's been so long since I've seen like just how good i can do just when i push and i knew it was just like 16 miles i'm like Let's it was a do shorter this. race we're used yeah. to like 30 to 100 miles just kind yes. of slow and yeah, steady where it's so. all just about finishing and mm-hmm. so boom went out of the gate started pushing runners took off four guys just zoomed ahead of me like at an insane pace, you would think they were running a 5K oh my or gosh. something. <laughs> I was like, Jeez Louise. So I'm like, okay, podium's out of the question now. <laughs> <laughs> if I had any hope of that. There's always age group, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I literally was in fifth and I started off in fifth and I finished in fifth. Heck yeah. Honestly, that's solid to be able to maintain that. And he got fifth overall in the 25K, which we were both really excited about. That's yeah. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, because we're trying to get our splits to under 15 minutes uh, a mile because that's what we're going to have to maintain under 15 minutes a mile for the Dead Horse 50. Which is like a 15-minute mile. That's easy. But our very first 50 a few years ago, our split was 17 minutes. Yeah. And for 50 miles, that's going to be pretty tough for us. Yep. It's it's intimidating. Yeah. We're so. terrified. We're terrified. But, you know, we're so going for it. This race did give me a little more hope that that is attainable. I think my split ended up being like 1045, I think. Yeah. Um, and so... 
it, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to hold that on a 50, but, you know, it's a training run as well. 80-20, I needed to get a good just push myself run in there. So I got it in and um, was really happy. Under three hours, 16 miles. So still going to be, a, I feel like I'm going to be a last hour finisher at Dead Horse um, with how training's going, but that's hey, all I'm looking to do. That's the stage that we're in. We're still in that just trying to finish stage. Give it a few more years and, and we'll... We'll we'll get to the point where we're starting to try to PR and, and hopefully even compete one day. We'll see. But I think the listeners are here to hear your story today, Melody. So Okay. Tell us. You ready for this? How did this go down and so, what did you learn from this? The race? Crimson Canyon Ultra story is actually kind of the story of my entire year this year. So backing up a little bit to the beginning of the year. I was really, really stressed at the beginning of this year. I still am stressed, but things are a lot better. Anyways, was super, super stressed and things were just progressively getting more and more stressful just with life situations and particularly with work. Work was really stressful and in April, we moved and most of you listeners know how stressful that is. If you don't, you have problems. Uh, And... (laughs) And I thought that I needed a vacation or or a break because we were moving. And so we decided to plan this week-long vacation like a day after we moved into our new house, which looking back now was a stupid idea. Your idea. I know. I thought it would help. So, but I was wrong. So on top of like work is super stressful. Also, like not going to lie, just kind of in this quarter life crisis, who am I just trying to figure life out just a lot on my mind, you know, and, you know, so we move into our house and on top of trying to move everything in, get everything unpacked. Now we're trying to pack for this trip. And then I couldn't even enjoy the trip because I was thinking about everything we had to do at home and the trip was stressful. And so we're on this vacation. We're in Moab actually with a friend. And I had my first ever panic attack. At the time, I didn't understand what was happening. After uh, seeing a psychiatrist afterwards, I learned that a panic attack is when you feel kind some kind of physical symptom on top of a whole bunch of anxiety and, and fear. You actually believe that you're about to die. So Jacob and I were in our tent one night and... Um, I just had a can of black beans. I just recently found out that I'm allergic to black beans. I didn't know this at the time, but I just had a can of black beans and my throat was swelling up and this is on top of all my anxiety and I was laying down in bed and all of a sudden I just shoot up in my sleeping bag and I, I started hyperventilating because I had this fear that my throat was going to close up and I was going to stop breathing and I was going to die. Totally an irrational, crazy thought. But at the time I just, I thought I was going to die. And so I started hyperventilating and um, you know, Jacob, I woke Jacob up, we said a prayer and I was able to eventually fall asleep after a lot of shaking and, and that was kind of what started everything this year. We came back home and I still was having problems with my throat swelling up. We ate black beans all the time. And I thought that I was maybe allergic to something in our house. Um, cause we moved into this old house. We thought, there was mold or something. So we actually moved out of our house for a week and lived with Jacob's brother and sister-in-law 
And so then that's stressful because now we're moving again. We moved all of our stuff into a new place and we had some cleaners come in and deep clean our entire house. Then we came back into our house and things still weren't totally better. I was struggling with um, these panic attacks almost nightly, just thinking that my throat was going to swell up and I was going to die. And uh, it was really stressful. It was really hard. And um, anyways, uh, we we eventually figured out, actually just recently, that I'm allergic to black beans. I've stopped eating black beans uh, after seeing psychiatrists and therapists. We've been able to work a lot of things out. And I also made a really big step to eliminate stress that has helped. Um, and that was quitting my job. There was nothing wrong with where I was at or, or what what was happening there. I just realized it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit for me. I, I felt like I, t- I couldn't completely be myself and express myself the way I wanted to. So I decided to leave and uh, I am feeling a lot better. Jacob's also feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. And um, also uh, this year I've struggled with an abnormally high heart rate. If you've listened to our past episodes, you know that I'm religious about following my heart rate, right? And it's been abnormally high. I'm talking some of my runs I'm walking on flat ground and I'm way out of my zone too and I just I haven't been able to figure it out figure out why and we've come to the conclusion that it was just a lot of stress it was just stressor on top of stressor on top of stressor and as I have started eliminating stressors in my life my heart rate's coming down my VO2 max is coming back up and we're just slowly trying to get back on track with life, with mental health, uh, and with training. So what do you mean about eliminating stressors? Because life still happens. You can't just quit life. Yeah, yeah. And this will, this is all going to come back to the Crimson Canyon run. So let me share that story and then I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by eliminating stressors. So at Crimson Canyon, I was super excited for this race because, like I said, it was a terrible year. My training was inconsistent, uh, just not good. And I felt all my runs have just felt terrible this year. So um, I quit my job and I felt a lot better. And all of a sudden I had like five days where I felt so good. My Garmin watch said that I was peaking And I felt good. I felt strong and powerful. I felt light. My runs are awesome. And so I was like, oh, awesome. Like Crimson Canyons is going to be amazing because I feel good. And the day before the race, I woke up and I felt crappy again. And I was so upset. I felt heavy. I felt tired. I felt sluggish. And I was like, it's fine. We'll just go to bed early and I'll feel fine for the run. So I wake up the next morning for the run. I still feel terrible. And... My plan was to do this run all in zone two and we start running and 10 minutes in my Garmin watch goes off and it says negative two performance condition. And I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? Like this was supposed to be my run this year. It's been a terrible year and this run was supposed to be good. And now my watch is telling me that this is going to be an unproductive run. And so I, I was really angry and upset, but then I was like, you know what? Screw the heart rate. I'm not going to worry about the heart rate today. I'm so proud of you. That's a big deal for me. And I was just like, the heart rate can suck it. So I turned my heart rate off and I decided that I was just going to go hard and I was just going to enjoy this run. So that's what I did. 
I went hard and I redlined it the entire time. And all of a sudden I started passing people and I made this goal that every person I passed, I wasn't going to let them pass me again. And I reached that goal. Every person I passed stayed behind me, except for one girl who we think cheated on the course because she never passed me and I crossed the finish line and she was there. Anyways, we could get into that, but we won't. Anyways, so nobody passed me and um, it just felt awesome. And um, we could talk about the, the end of the story later, but basically... I, I finished the run. I got fifth place in the woman, 19th overall out of like, what, 80, 90 people or something. And I was pretty happy with that. You know, most of the time I'm, I'm not that high up because I'm in my zone too. You know, I'm, I'm in my training. And so, and on top of that, the most important thing is that I had a ton of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. I kind of, I really haven't enjoyed running this year because I just have been so obsessed with, following my heart rate and being in my zones but my zones have been crazy and all over the place because of how stressed i've been and when she says obsessed guys she's not lying she's been obsessed with literally her zones. obsessed yeah like checking your heart rate every 10 seconds yeah because i need to be in the zone i mean i just i don't know i'm the kind of person who like i like rules and i like structure and this is how you do it. This is how it's done. And if you do it this way, then you'll succeed. If you follow all of these rules, then you'll get an A+. Plus. If you follow these exact steps, then you'll become a sponsored athlete in exactly this many years. You know, like it just seems so, I like that because it gives you surety and certainty, you know. But I realized life doesn't work that way. And I also realized running does not work that way. Honestly, running is more of an art than a science there's not a lot of structure to it that we've realized and I guess the big takeaway what what I'm trying to get out here is I've learned that to be a better runner you need to eliminate stress and you need to listen to your body and you need to just go with the flow there's no such thing as a perfect structure a perfect outline for anybody you just kind of have to you know well, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Courtney Dawwater, uh-huh. and she was talking about how she does intuitive running. Well, Josh Bryant, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, like what Josh told us. He he just kind of, when even as he gets on his running gear, goes out and doesn't really know how many miles or how far or how long oh, he's going to go. And I'm go. not... Like right now, just talking about that, like gives me anxiety. See, like I feel anxiety right now. Like I how feel, can you just go run? I feel run? freedom when I talk oh, about it like that. How do you plan the rest of your day if you don't know if well, you're going to be out for one hour or five hours? Obviously, you have a time limit. Okay, okay. <laughs> you have a time limit. Like, but like, you know, and on days where it's shorter, it's going to be like, okay, well, you know, probably minimum I'm going to try to do, you know, three to four if I'm feeling bad, but if I'm feeling good, you know, I might go six, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and that's what Courtney Dawwater was basically saying. She's like, she straps on her running gear, goes to where she's going to be running for the day and goes by the feel of her body with how many miles she puts on that day. Which that does really sound freeing and nice. Yeah. 
It does feel like because then I feel like running becomes fun. Like yes. I really do love running. It's fun to go and have fun. That's how I got into running. Right. Was just kind of went by Phil. Yeah, I just went. He's like, I'm gonna go for a run today. And then as I felt good, like, oh, I think I can go further. I want to explore that area. Well, and tell you know, the story or, of when you ran 16 miles one day. You had no idea you're gonna run that much, but you just felt good yeah. and you did it. The first time I ever ran that half marathon distance, I literally just felt good. And so I just kept going and I went and all of a sudden at mile eight, I didn't even have any water on me <laughs> and at mile eight. I'm like, you know what? I should probably turn around. I think this is good. And I started to feel my body tire a little. And then, yeah, the last three miles I was pretty tired, but still like, you know, yeah. And it was just freeing. It was exciting. Cause I did, I didn't, you know, always know everything that I was going to do. And it was, you know, I explored new areas and just, I, I've determined so that that's my way of training because because we've had some plans and I think plans are good to a point like you need to make sure you're getting in cross training you need to make sure you're at least starting to get up in these mileage areas you know you need to make sure you're getting time out you definitely need to have yeah. some of a plan yes yeah, so you yeah. gotta have somewhat of a plan but then you know you have your guidelines and then you just go out there and you you let it fly and you go by how your body feels. You know, and I'm really embarrassed because if you listen to the first season, I preach listening to your body. I preach it. I'm, you know, all about that. And I feel like in the beginning, like I did do pretty good, but I just slowly got more and more obsessed with the numbers. I got obsessed with, you know, my, my VO2 max and how much fat I was burning and how many carbs I'm burning and, and staying in the right zones. And it just... It just has not worked. And this is what's interesting. Jacob took, he took a good chunk of time off um, after our hundred last year. And I didn't, I was like so scared that we were going to lose what we had gained. So I just kept running. I was like, I'm going to maintain this high mileage. I'm going to maintain the intensity. And I just have slowly my, um, my, I just, why did I just lose the word? My fitness, that's the word. My fitness has just like slowly declined as I haven't taken a break at all. Jacob took, you know, a few months off and he's killing it. And I am not doing good at all this well, year. You, so you were so stressed. It was actually getting on my nerves how stressed you were I about know. losing, you know, because I just, there's no way a normal person maintains 100 miles no and i realized that now it <laughs> like just was so round it like, was just so hard to see everything we worked for our... but here's my thought like we now know our body can do it we now have put our body through it we've built muscles up it's going to be easier yeah we're yeah. sure we're going to lose some of those muscles because we're not you know or you know whatever you gain you're going to lose some of it but it's going to come back easier you mm -hmm. know, because the first time is always the hardest to get 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 to that state. That was it's my true. thinking. I'm like, I was just burned out. You know, I was burned out with the schedule. You know, I was burned out with oh, me too. being running so many miles every week and also running so slow for yeah. those miles. I was oh, burned yeah. out and and I needed a break from running. Yeah. Okay, and in our next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about what we've learned about training, that training is not just about running. You have to incorporate so many more things. And as Jacob and I have incorporated more things and just slow running, that has also helped us enjoy it more. But like I said, we'll talk more about that in the next episode. 
But yeah, like, like I said, I just, I ignored my heart rate on that run and I just ran and it was fun. And let me tell you what I'm doing now to eliminate stress. As I'm, as I'm getting back into things, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I know that it's a process and it's a journey. One thing I'm going to do after Dead Horse 50, I'm going to take a break. After talking to uh, Mike McKnight, I did a coaching call with him. He's also known as the Low Carb Runner. Check him out on Instagram. He's and to me and Melody, awesome. he is known as the best ultra runner in the whole we, world. Yes, <laughs> he's awesome. So um had a coaching call with him. He said that he's done with the... Um, training season about November, December, and he kind of starts back up again, April-ish time. So basically six months off, six months on. And in the six months off, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not running, you're working out. It just means you switch things up a little bit. You're not running quite as much. You're working on rehab, you're doing cross training, etc. So that is one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break and not try to maintain, maintain the high mileage. Something else that I'm doing right now to eliminate stress is I'm not watching my heart rate at all right now. So I actually went into my Garmin and I turned off all of the tracking, everything. So I don't see my heart rate anymore. I don't get performance condition anymore. I don't get my VO2 max anymore. All I see when I'm running now is the time of day, the mileage that I'm at and how long I've been running for that's it. And I'm just going by feel. So if I don't feel like running one day, I'm not going to run. If I'm feeling good and I want to go run 10 miles and I'm going to go run 10 miles, I'm just going to listen to my body. And I'll continue to update you guys on how that's going. Um, it still is kind of a slow process of getting back into things and eliminating stress. Um, but I will say that as I have been eliminating things, um, you know, quitting my job, not watching my heart rate as much, I'm just trying to be a little bit more loose with my schedule. Now, I you still have another job that you're working on. So it's not like you're just sitting around doing No, nothing. no. I mean, but I am busy as I get out still. So like, cause some, a listener might be out there and be like, well, I can't just quit my job. Just and quit your nothing. job. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm still working on things. Yeah. So you still have, you know, uh, a career that you're, you're working on. So it's just mm -hmm. about, it's about getting in the right career situation to where it's not overwhelming you you know and yeah. I'm actually really glad that you bring that up because I would say that I might even be more busy than I was when I was at my previous job but now I feel free and I feel like I'm doing things that I re that give me energy so it doesn't feel stressful it just feels like fun so it's not necessarily that you're doing less it's that you're doing Stuff that gives more me energy. More meaningful things. Yeah. More meaningful things to me. More it, it meaningful means, work. Yeah. More, yeah. Yeah. Just gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Exactly. And I could go off on that too. I think everybody needs to find uh, the thing that gives them energy. So that was the Crimson then. So that yeah. was your takeaway. That, Pretty deep takeaway from the Crimson that's Canyon That's what Crimson Ultra. Canyon meant to me. Yeah, yeah. It was an important race to me. And it, it was, it was, it was an awesome race, beautiful sights. Um, I would highly recommend it. Oh, we will um, be back next year for sure. The race directors were awesome. It was two brothers from the area and lots of information on it. They, they had cool swag. Best marked course I've ever been yes, on. Yes. So well marked because it's a course where you could easily get lost. You're on the red rock, you like, know. And you're running in washes. You're not even on trails right. for part of it. But yet it was so clear where you should go. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so if you live in Utah area um, and looking for a good ultra, they have a 50K as well. Even um, if you don't live in Utah, it's worth yes, traveling I'd say for. it's worth the travel, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the most beautiful courses I have ever been on mm-hmm. and very undersold. Like, it's not one of the prominent races here in Utah. And mm-hmm. it blows my mind that it's not after seeing that course mm-hmm. and seeing how well it was run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you guys have had experiences similar to mine where you where you didn't take a break or you, you know, you didn't rest through your burnout or maybe you became obsessed with the stats and it affected your training. I personally really, really want to hear your story. I want to connect with other runners who are in the same situation. Maybe someone who's listening has advice for me. Um, or, you know, maybe you have advice that we could share with our listeners that would be helpful, um, you know, for people who are going through similar situations. So please share with us if, if you can relate or if you have some tips and tricks as well. All right, so I think that that wraps up today's episode. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us here on Trail to 100. It's been a pleasure. Uh, make sure you like our Facebook page, Trail to 100, our Instagram page, Trail to 100, um, so you can follow our adventures. We also give more tips there. Um, we do highlights on our athletes there from other athletes and their tips and tricks in ultra running as well. So thanks for joining us. This has been Jacob and Melody Bateman, and we'll see y'all later. See you guys next time.